1: Welcome to Exploring Missions. Connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs, across the world or across town. And now, the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper.
0: That introduction talks about across the street or across town or across the world, you know? But it's also from cradle to grave, God's interested in us. And uh, here on Exploring Missions and here at AFR, we're, we are very pro-life. We make no bones about it. We support ministries that are making a difference in the lives of individuals, uh, the, trying to save lives of the babies that, that would be aborted, but also at the same time that mother uh, trying to speak the Word of God of peace into her life so she can come into that relationship. But we're also interested in close to the end of life, Nathan. You know, uh, as I have pastored for so many years, and then at my age, I've experienced and watched the death of a lot of people, many of them elderly and older, many of them unexpected, some of them having to go through many processes of dying. And uh, the support that is needed at death is real, isn't it?
1: It really is. Um, for the individual, uh, but also the family and community around them, uh, grief is a, is a real thing that um, I think the church, maybe more recently, is becoming more aware and doing a little bit better of understanding how grief works and the importance of uh, helping people in their grief. Uh, but it's a real part of life. And... Uh, you know, we would be good to understand how God works even in that uh, through other people uh, to bring hope, to bring uh, that peace that he he offers, uh, even in the middle of grief and difficult circumstances.
0: As pastor, I experienced it a lot, but then it became real with my parents uh, as I saw home health care ministering at home, and uh, I saw preachers and ministers and and nurses helping them even at the point of death, getting us ready. So it is an important thing in our uh, society because people are living longer. Because of modern medicine right now, people have a longer lifespan and many times at the end of their life, there's a lot of support that is needed by that individual and also by the family. So today on Exploring Missions, we're going to talk to a, about a ministry that a lot of people know a lot about. But when I knew that the guest we had today was involved in this, uh, I said, I Want You Own, and we want to talk about it. And it's talking about the hospice ministry, about helping individuals and families as death is approaching. And our guest today is Ronnie Hatfield. Ronnie, welcome.
2: Well, thank you for having me. Good and to be here. It,
0: it is a joy to have you. And, again, this is a longtime friend. And we're from a county in northeast Mississippi where we tell people, that you're usually either kin or kin to their kin, right? <laughs> and that fits us, right, Ronnie? Right, right. And uh, so uh, we we're kin to a lot of the same people, and uh, if we all go back, we're all kin to Adam anyway. So yep, uh, yep. that's that's the whole whole jest of it. But it is good to have you today, and Ronnie, I know you work with a a, a program where you're the chaplain in the hospice ministry. Tell us a little bit about that overall real quick before we get to your story specifically. But as a chaplain, you're out there on the front lines with people, aren't you?
2: Right, right. North Mississippi Medical Center is where I work through, Tupelo Hospital. And they have many chaplains in the hospital. But for hospice, there's three chaplains. There's two out in the homes and one that's inside the hospital. And we work together as a team. And I'm one of those who are out in the homes, home hospice. It's amazing how God brought this before me in my heart of reaching out and ministering to people and actually just loving on them. But a chaplain goes in, and it's part of a team with the hospice. You have your doctor who gets everything started. You have your nurses who goes by weekly and checks on the patients. And you have your social worker who goes and works with them in a lot of different areas and the aides who helps out. And you have the chaplain. We're not there to replace the home church, but to help assist with spiritual needs, questions, showing the love of Christ, and just to talk with and pray with. It's amazing people, of course, coming to the end of their life. You're there to help them, to show them God's Word and to remind them that God's there with you. You're not alone. And so it has been a great rewarding, a great blessing to go and meet people. I am new at this. I'm learning a lot, but God has prepared my heart from years back. To get into homes And to share the love of Christ Just through our witness
0: One thing I want to ask And I know Nathan you'll have questions But uh, before we get into your story And your journey uh, Of where God has brought you to right now Are people Do you find people more ready to receive And hear the hope that's in Christ At the time in their life When they're facing eternity?
2: Yes, yes Of course many are already prepared Right. I go in there and they encourage me. Oh, man, they're <laughs> praising the Lord for their life and realizing that God is with them. But they are people saying, you know, I need to talk about this. I need to know I do have questions. And there's where the Lord guides me to help them see the scripture, to know the truth. It's all about Jesus. He's the only way. You may be a good person. You may have went church all your life and done but it's only through Jesus Christ that give that peace and that assurance that when this life is over and God calls our name and we stand before a heavenly Father, why should we he let us into his heaven It's through the precious blood of Jesus Christ and so as a chaplain I go in and I share that truth and and hear their heart hear their story and it's amazing to you you become part of that family. Because there's caregivers all around that are listening. They're warning the patient, the one who's in hospice, to know the truth and not to say, well, I think so, or maybe that they can truly say, well, I know that God has touched my heart, that I have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that I have surrendered and called out, admitting my sins, believing what he did for me at Calvary. And as I confess my sin, he saves me and he forgives me. And so they have their heart right when God calls them,
0: they have that peace. Nathan, when I hear this, uh, this is frontline missions as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it really is, um, uh, Ronnie. I hear you saying that. Um, what one of the things that people are really needing and wanting at the end of their the end of their lives, especially with medical care being so involved, you know, we we know that there can be some confusion with like what's the best. Uh, approach to take, you know, the, what's the best next step uh, medically, um, but how important is it for there to be clarity in speaking this truth uh, to people that are maybe in a confusing time? They're they're seeking clarity. Um, have you found that challenging to to speak truth that's clear to people, or is are they ready to receive that?
2: Well, so far, I I've, I've feel that they're very receptive to it. They're wanting to know because they realize hospice and they look at that, that I'm about to go meet the Lord. My life's about to be over here on earth, but sometimes hospice lasts a while, mm. but either way, they want to make sure that their heart is right. And so the Lord spirit's already working in their heart. God guides me as I listen and hear their testimony and share scripture and allow God to stir in their heart and you can tell in their face when a person comes to know the Lord no matter, no matter what age I've been there with a small child a teenager senior adult or someone in their 90s before that when they have that peace you can see it in their eyes mm. you can see the relief and you know hey my, I'm, I'm prepared to death I'm prepared to meet the Lord and so God guides in that and that's something about hospice too that we are a team the doctor the nurse, the social worker, the aides, the chaplain, and all those behind-the-scenes that work in the hospice, that they take every person. They're not a number, and they're sold, and they hear and see their needs, and we work together. Again, reaching out to the caregiver. Sometimes the caregivers are so overlooked, but they are trying to help so much, and they get so tired, and they're listing. And they want the best for their loved one, their friend who's in hospice. And so it's just ministering to that need, saying, again, God loves you. God cares for you. You are not alone. And you've been through a lot in your life. And across the mountaintops, through the valleys. I give one quick little story of the other day I went in or for this initial assessment, the very first visit, and I was there, and I always ask them, do you have a favorite scripture? And sometimes they say, well, I like them all, but a lot of times they do have favorite scripture. And before she could tell me even where it was, she went to quoting this lady. She's there in the bed in her home. It's home hospice. And she looked up and she said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And she quoted all the chapter. And it's just amazing. I was going to quote it to her. And there she was (laughs) saying, you know, she was prepared. She had the glory of the Lord upon her heart, and what a blessing that was. But it's not always like that. It is challenging to sit down and see and hear their heart and help show them God's truth through His Word that they need to be ready when God calls them home.
0: That reminds me of a story that Dr. James Dobson tells about his mother. She was having dementia. She was in a nursing facility, and uh, said sometimes he she would know him, and surely sometimes she would not. But said this people went in and they were singing. There was a you know a family that sang, and and Dr Dobson's mother was a great said she was alto singer, and said although started singing some of those old hymns, and his mother just joined right in singing alto, hitting every note. There are some scriptures like Psalm 23 and some songs that are just embedded in your mind, even at the point of death or even dementia, that is real. And that's the power of the Word of God and also, I think, the power of music that God's given us to put the words and the hope in Scripture. Ronnie, uh, I want you to share with uh, the those that are listening your journey uh, I mean, you didn't just start immediately. Uh, God brought you through salvation and calling and preparation. And uh, here on Exploring Missions, we want to hear that. And you're listening to uh, Exploring Missions. Our guest is Ronnie Hatfield. He's with uh, he's a chaplain with hospice. Tell us about your journey to where you are now.
2: Well, I was very blessed to be raised in a Christian home, Christian family, Willie and Nellie Hatfield. But I came time in my life I realized just because they were a believer, a Christian, knowing Jesus Christ as their personal savior didn't make me to be a believer. So at age eleven I accepted the Lord as my Savior. I surrendered my life. Didn't understand it all at that point, but the process of growing, maturing in my faith. But I stepped out and made my decision public and God just right then began to work at my heart. And I at an early age an early you age, could
0: see God working at Amen. age
2: eleven. And then when I became uh, later in my teens, I began helping with uh, the bus ministry in our church. And just amazing, again, how God was preparing me to be called in ministry at age 30. Sometimes people know that earlier, but God put me in a church, gave me a wonderful wife, Lisa. Used to be Shook, now I feel.
0: And- If you're from Prentice County, Mississippi, those are very common names, (laughs) Right, right. right.
2: And then the Lord allowed me to be Sunday school teacher, uh, Sunday school a director, where I began to speak more, a deacon. And then at age 30, God called me to preach. I was a farmer. I worked for hogs and cows and had corn and soybeans, all of that. And, but out in those fields, God began to call. I oh, stir my heart and just cry out to him. And I said, well, Lord, I'm trying. I, I, I'm a deacon. I, I'll do this for you. And God says, I want you to preach. i got a plan for you. And finally one day, out in the field, uh, God had broken me. And I got off my tractor and just bowed myself and surrendered. And oh, what a burden was relieved. I went home told my wife. She said, well, let me know when you want to make it public. I said, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling everybody. <laughs> I told my mother, of course, I've been talking with her. And she said, well, I knew God was calling you to preach, my dad as well. And then when I went up to church to make it public at age 30, everyone says, we knew God had his hand on
0: you. Why'd you wait so long, huh? (laughs) Yeah, why? (laughs) Yeah.
2: But God was preparing me from being a farm boy, even to be a county school board member, and other ways in administration to show me and teach me how to work in the public, and then call me to preach. And I had three children, a wife, a farmer, God stirred my heart and said, well, I want you to do some education. So I began doing small things to a community college and then a, a Christian Bible college, Blue Mountain College in Blue Mountain, Mississippi, and then there to New Orleans Seminary down in Louisiana. And God just worked in a mighty way. And here's something special, too, in New Orleans. One of my classes was Death, Dying, and grieving. And why did I take that well, it was,
0: <laughs> was that an alternative class yeah I mean it, education huh? yes yeah,
2: yeah. but I remember taking that and I'm, I'm saying you know it really touched my heart it showing me how to deal with people in the different stages of a person that's dying and how the stages they go through even a person grieving and where they are and so I go back to some of that even how God was preparing my heart and then in ministry I love to preach but my heart is pasturing getting out and shepherding yeah go out and shepherd the love on them to to be there for them and to care for them and and again just let them know that that God loves them to be reminded of that because recently in the same way someone says I just don't know does God really love me well they need me reminded yes God loves you and he has never leave us or never forsake us and he's here with you and they have questions about dying uh, what's going to happen what's the transition of course the scripture makes it very clear about to be absent from body is to be present with the lord and you can go through some scriptures to encourage them that god is a god of comfort god is a god of grace he's a god of love and He wants the best for you, and He's prepared a place for you, and then that's where you talk about heaven. Yeah, <laughs> oh, Amen. yeah. and uh, of course, their eyes open up and begin to just see the excitement because they can feel the peace if they've made that decision with Christ that God is with them, that we are giving them hope Amen. And, through the Word of God, through Jesus Christ. And so it's been very rewarding how God has used me in different situations, even before I started here with this hospice ministry. And actually about five or six years ago, I considered that. I told my wife, Lisa, and began to pray about it and actually looked into it. But at that time, I felt like I wasn't ready. But It's amazing God's timing and God's way because God opens the doors. When I came here, I wasn't even looking. It was placed before me, and God goes, now's the time. <laughs> And just opened up.
0: Amen. Well, how long and how many churches did you serve in before you came as a chaplain in hospice?
2: Well, say one, two, <laughs> three. Put me on the spot. Yeah, I did. Four. Uh, yeah, five, seven churches.
0: Seven churches. Yes. Okay.
2: As a senior pastor. Yeah. And and had staff around me, and I, I would take them to and help show them how to reach out. Because the church, again, they need that shepherding.
0: Well, when and, you were pastoring, and Nathan, you'd know this being my son in my home, hospital and, and funeral homes and nursing homes are a part of your life when you're pastoring in a middle-size or small church. Now, right. The mega churches, they, they may do it or may not do it, but when you're in the size churches that you and I have been in, uh, you, that's a part of, part of what you do. Did yeah. those things prepare you for what you're doing now?
2: Oh, definitely. Yes, to to go in. And you, you've been there to see people toward the end of life, and they do have those questions, and you, you're you there with them. You hold their hand. You laugh with them. You cry with them. And you rejoice with them for the life that they've shared. And then, again, it goes back to the families. You reach out to them as well because they're hurting. They're struggling. They're craving. And that's something hospice does. I'm not sure about other hospice, there's several.
0: Yeah, uh, most, uh, most areas, listening. you're listening on the radio in your area, there's probably more than one hospice right. area in rural areas, in city areas. and uh, And so most of them have a chaplain that I've right. heard about and connected with. Now, how effective that chaplain can be or not be may be restricted by that agency. But it sounds like there's a lot of freedom uh, with individuals. When they want to know truth, you're able to share that truth with them.
2: Right. And if they
0: don't, we don't push it on them. Right. That sounds similar to (laughs) what we do today, Nathan.
1: Yeah. I mean, it makes me think, honestly, we talked about shepherding and uh, that that passage about David, how he shepherded them with um, skill of his hands and the uprightness, integrity of his heart. And, uh, Ronnie, just hearing you and, and being with you, uh, it's obvious that God has prepared you and got you in a place where he's really using you. Uh, skill um, and the education you've learned and experiences you've had uh, and just your easy, gentle uh, nature uh, with, uh, with communicating with people. I know it's got to be uh, just an amazing uh, instrument in, in God's hands. Uh, when you when you walk into that room and, and just the integrity of your heart, how God can, um, you know, speak his truth uh, through you into people's lives. You know, when uh, just a few experiences I've had with people at the end of their life, um, you know, even one gentleman I'm thinking of was very successful in the world's eyes and he thought he was about to die. Thankfully, he lived a little bit longer, but in that moment he was facing death and He didn't talk about his money. He didn't talk about his house and his cars. He talked about his own relationship with the Lord and his family. Right. And, um, you know, I think it's God can use you uh, as an instrument of grace in those moments in people's lives. Um, Do you have a recent story about uh, something like that that um, maybe you can share with us?
2: Well, again, you're just there to, to help them out. And most of the time, they're eager to to listen, and but there are some who says, "Well, I have support from my local church, mm-hmm. but you're welcome." but to just just like recently, that one person said, "I do have questions." They were very nervous they They wanted to make sure. And so as you sit there and talk with them and share Scripture to show them what the truth is, you can hear so much in the world. And again, it's all about the Lord and how He gives that peace. So after talking with that person, knowing I take them back when they profess Christ as their Savior, you know, how it made them to think through it and realize what they did. Was it a surrender or was it just words and it didn't mean anything? Was it a, a life-changing relationship with jesus christ and god gave them that peace and again it's it's by faith knowing that when that time comes god is going to take care of us Uh, and it's beautiful that He's prepared a place for us so i go back thinking about that person really struggling and after talking him through letting him talk through it Mm -hmm. finding that peace that assurance that he's made that things right with the lord and so it was such a blessing
0: we're talking to Ronnie Hatfield here on Exploring Missions. He is a chaplain with a hospice ministry here in North Mississippi. And I would I would like for you, as as you and Nathan were discussing then, it crossed my mind as a chaplain, and you said earlier you go into some people and you're trying to encourage them, and they encourage you. Yes. Uh, as you talk to that individual, but what about the family members around them? Uh I, are you able to minister to them? Are you able to uh, to look at their needs if they ask you and and get you know talk to them about spiritual matters in the scriptures? Right. Or are you restricted only to the quote the patient?
2: No, we're there. Patient is why well, we're there, of course. But I look and I watch their face and hear their heart, and I ask before I leave to the caregiver, "How are you doing?" And they will share, well, I'm tired, or yes, I have struggled, or realizing, but I helped them as well. And sometimes, recently, I went to a home, and a patient was there and had family all around, and boy, they had the Lord all over them. (laughs) We was having a worship service because they were praising the Lord, knowing that God has given life, and He gives it abundantly, and just worship, and so they ministered to me there again. But... I definitely follow up with them because one thing hospice does, once the patient's life is over, we have a bereavement program. We follow up. I'll call about a week after the patient passed away, and I check on the caregiver, how are you doing, how are you coping with grief, and I hear their heart, and through the hospice, through North Mississippi Medical Center, we follow through at least 13 months And we check on them and help them because they might need someone to pray with. Or I have been struggling with grieving, the grieving process. And so we're there to minister to them even after that time. So it is a great, i call it a program, I call it a ministry. Again, Mm -hmm. it's a mission, again, sharing the love of Christ. People need to be reminded how Jesus went everywhere, reaching, hey, I care, God cares, God loves us and we're here for you. And so, yes, we reach out to the patient and the family. We do have opportunity to do that unless you can tell if they said that's enough, you know, yeah. I'm okay.
0: Yeah. Well, one more thing I wanted. You may have one, Nate, but you're just about you're not there to replace the church right. or their pastor. Uh, have you and the pastor been with the individual at the same time? Have you experienced that yet? Well,
2: I haven't yet. Well, here, the reason
0: I brought that up, hold it a second, and I want, yeah. I want you to respond. But one of the greatest times in my life was when uh, and I was pastoring, and the pastor of the caregiver came, and I was there, and we were there together ministering. It was a fellow pastor here in our town that I was pastoring in, and we had the greatest time, you know, just sharing scriptures and everything. And what you said— about the doctor, the nurse, the social worker, the aides, and the chaplain being a team? Is it a team? Also, It can become a team effort with that church and that pastor, can it not? Definitely,
2: yes. Where I can relate to that where I was a pastor and then the chaplain came in. Definitely team, never a competition. We're there to help with that patient in need, whether it's in the hospital or home hospice that work together. And you communicate together that Sometimes one can reach out in a different way than the other one. So, yes, it is a
0: blessing. It's all for the glory of God Amen. for the kingdom work. Nathan, it's obvious God's got Ronnie where he wants him.
1: Oh, yeah, yes. definitely. And, you know, as a church, just local church, but as the body of Christ, wherever we are all scattered around, God uh, can use the church in, in people's lives And at this point in their life, when they're facing death, when families are grieving, uh, God wants to use his body to bring comfort and hope and peace into people's lives.
0: Ronnie, we want to thank you for being with us. Thank you for sharing your heart. And uh, we pray that God would continue to use you and bless you and uh, in this new ministry that God's called All you right. to but prepared you for. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. And be on mission for God, whether it's a chaplain in a hospital or a hospice or wherever it is, follow God, and he will direct your path.